You are now listening to the Online Course Podcast, the place where online course creators come to learn how to sell more of their online courses. Here's your host, Jono Petrohilos. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Course Creator Community Podcast. I'm your host, Jono, and I'm super excited because we have a very special guest on the line this week. This person is a digital marketing strategist. They are an absolute rock star at what they do. They use or she uses all different types of paid traffic, Facebook, Google, Pinterest. She knows how to integrate them all. So I'm very excited to hear about uh, this. So without further ado, let me introduce all the way from the UK, where it's, I think, midnight or, or 11 p.m., the, the one and only Ms. Rose Guthrie. Rose, how are you? I'm good, thank you. And you? Yes, I'm amazing. Uh, what time is it, Rose, over there? Is it 11 p.m.? Did I get that right? Nearly 11 p.m., that's correct. <laughs> wow, okay. It's, we're almost the opposite here in Australia. I'm at 9 a.m. on Monday morning. So thank, thank you for coming down on 11 p.m. Sunday night. I think that's a, a cool achievement. But, Rose, oh, I well. like <laughs> nothing you'd rather do. Judging by your T-shirt, there's probably nothing you'd rather do than, um, than talk digital marking on a Sunday night, 11 p.m., right? I literally have no laugh. This is it. This is it. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, Rose, I like to start all my podcasts off with a quote or mantra that inspires you or fires you up. Have you got one for us? Yeah. So my favorite quote, one of my two favorites is from Henry Ford. Whether you think you can or you can't, you're right. Yes. Love that. Do you want to expand on that a little bit, Rose? What does that, what does that mean to you? Yeah. So for me, I think one of the biggest things I've struggled with um, throughout most of my life is mindset and, you know, not believing in myself enough because of things that happened in my childhood. And I came to realize there was only so much hiding behind your your past, you know, struggles that you can do. And if you keep thinking to yourself that because of what I went through, this is not going to work for me, chances are that that is what's going to happen. But if you just have an inkling and belief that you can achieve whatever you set out to do, you probably can do it. And you might even surprise yourself. So for me, um, it's just a personal journey that I went through. It started when I read the book, The Obstacles Your Way. I don't know if you've heard oh, that book. Yes. Love yeah. And then I realized that, you know, all these struggles I went through, yes, that I could use them as a barrier. Or I could use them as a stepping stool to, you know, to, you know, to kind of move on. And when I started doing that, that's when things for me started to transform. And then that quote was no longer a quote for me. It was literally truth. So <laughs> that's my history. <laughs> yes, love it. I'll um, I'll share that as well. Let me think because that's my favorite quote as well. Believe it or not, whether you think you can or whether you think you can't, you're right. And it's funny now, right? Like you, I'll speak to someone and I can tell if they're going to be successful or not based on what they tell me. Basically, on that quote, you know, if they go into it, and they're like, ah, oh, look, I'm not sure if this will work. I don't think people will buy this, but you know, maybe I'll maybe I'll give it a try. You're not going to be successful. Right. But if you go in there and you're like, hey, I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure that this works, it's going to work or you're going to find a way. So I love that there. And you mentioned a book as well. I'll give that a shout out because that's one of my favorites. The Obstacle is the Way. And I, yeah. I haven't read it in a few years, but to my understanding, it's not almost like overcoming obstacles. It's like, hey, here's the obstacle. Great. Do it. And then you, you learn from it. So I think that's a, a good read. Did you say you had another favorite quote as well there, Rose? You want to give that a bit of a, a shout out while we're here, if you know it off the top yeah. of your head? What was it? Oh, God, I can't remember. It's gone. <laughs> <laughs> I 
That's okay. Let's get into um, digital marketing. So, you know, I've obviously been following you for a few weeks, a few months now. A lot of people watching this, listening this, maybe they haven't. Do you want to give us the quick rundown? Let us know in, in a couple minutes, what is it you actually do there, Rose? Yes. What I do is I take businesses with a validated offer who, you know, don't necessarily know how to market themselves. I take their business idea and I help them amplify their message using paid media. So there's a lot of people who have a great offer and sometimes their businesses fail because of poor marketing. Now I know that's not the majority, the biggest reason why businesses fail. However, I feel that if I have a skill in marketing that I can help businesses prevent, you know, closure just by getting themselves to the right people, then that's what I want to do. So I help people, you know, put together a marketing strategy to help them gain brand awareness, generate leads, and then generate sales from that new um, community community that they've built, whether that's um, on social media or via email marketing. And we do that by creating strategies for Google, Pinterest, and Facebook. And all of this is with paid media, not organic. I wouldn't say organic is my strongest point, but (laughs) definitely paid. Yes, love it. All right, cool. So let's dive in a little bit there. So there's a few things. So let's paint a picture here. So if you're listening to this and you're in this situation, this is where Rose can help you and this is where the podcast will probably benefit you most. Number one is you've got a validated product, right? If you're still putting your product together or you haven't sold a lot of it, eh, probably, yeah, you may get some things out of this podcast, but it's probably not going to be catered exactly for that person there. However, if you've got a product, you're selling a few of them, but you're just like, man, this is hard work. You know, I'm spending hours DMing people on Facebook and making Instagram posts and um, connecting with people on LinkedIn. And, you know, there must be a better way. It's probably going to be more suited for you. Um, And also we're going to be talking about paid strategies. So it's probably going to be beneficial if you've saved up a few dollars in the bank already, or, you know, if you've got a uh, revenue coming in, because if you don't have any money, going to be hard to put it on paid advertising. And also, I'm sure Rose will, will um, talk about this probably in a second, but there's going to be some trial and error anyway, right? It's not like, great, here's 100 bucks, go and make it 1000 bucks this week. You know, there's probably going to be some some learning curves there. But um, hey, let's, let's get into it. So let's say someone is their Rose. Let's say, would that be your ideal customer? Say they're watching this, they're listening to this, they've got a product, it's, sell- it's selling, but they're doing it all organically and it's hard work. Would that be your ideal customer? Yeah, that's correct. Because, you know, organic social media, there's a couple of elements. You know, there's a part of creating the content, you know, and scheduling it out or, you know, posting it. Then there's a part of being active in the community to respond to people when you put out that content. Ideally, you want to be doing both and not just one. Because if you're putting out content, people are reaching out to you to engage and you're you're being quiet. They don't have that back and forth communication with you. There's, There's no human interaction. And they're probably going to stop engaging with you if you're not showing them any kind of attention. Now, I know there's some groups that are much, you know, groups or pages that are much bigger and they can't possibly engage of everybody because you may be getting thousands of comments a day and it's too much but even just some sort of interaction with people goes a long way than no interaction at all now what I'm saying may benefit more small businesses than bigger businesses because a lot of big bigger businesses that they're, they're riding off the fact that you know that you know they've got the monopoly in that audience you know that they're, they're just they're just known for being who they are and it doesn't really matter so much what they do but I think for us smaller businesses we just have to have that community aspect um because you know we're trying to build that human to human interaction and let's face it 
people do buy from people you know people buy don't buy the product they they buy a solution to their problem and for us to show them that we are the solution to that problem we have to show them that we care and the first step by doing that is just acknowledging them so yes i do believe that organic is um is can can be harder is it is it the wrong way do you should should you stop doing it absolutely not i definitely think that the clients that i have had that have that social inter organic interaction do better with their paid ads than those that do not so I do think it has its place but I do also believe that there comes a time in a business where it's just taken too long to to convert the customers and you need a fast way to do that and that's where paid ads can help you you know get there yes love it all right cool well, well let's let's talk about that let's say someone's at that point there they're like all right right I'm ready for paid ads what would be step number one, Rose? Do we, is it Facebook? Is it Google? Is it Pinterest? Is it all at once? Where do we, where do we start? Let's take a quick break. When it comes to influencer marketing, there's a podcast that covers it all that you will want to add to your playlist. The Influence Factor by the Influencer Marketing Factory. They talk about influencer marketing, social media, the creator economy, social commerce, and much, much more. They cover all aspects, including the creator economy, social commerce, the latest trends, the metaverse, TikTok trends, and that's just the beginning. The Influence Factor by the Influencer Marketing Factory. Add the podcast to your playlist right now. Yeah, so normally, even if it was somebody that was working for me, I normally recommend starting with one platform. And mm. I would say the platform that's the easiest, you know, like maybe if your if your audience is more engaged on, you know, Instagram or Facebook or more engaged on Pinterest or Google, I would probably start there. And the very first thing that I would try to understand is what content are people engaging with the most? You know, what what you know, maybe it's a blog post that has is getting 50% of your traffic. If um anyone here does Google SEO, which is how I started, you may find that when you look at your Google Analytics, maybe 60% of your traffic is actually going to one blog post. Mm-hmm. So maybe, maybe look at that blog post and see what issue that you are addressing in that blog post. And that's probably where I'd start with, you know, with my paid ads. I'll try trying to do an engagement building ads, you know, kind of riding off that problem and then trying to get a look at audience because the one thing about um the, the one the biggest difference between organic traffic and paid traffic is organic traffic you know let's say using instagram you're using hashtags to hopefully get yourself in front of the right people but that that um that reach is not always it's not necessarily guaranteed if you're on facebook you're relying on somebody just searching for your group if your page or your group has the right keywords and them finding you or someone showing the group or maybe it's one of their friends engaging with the page of the group and then they um they see it and then they engage with you so you are you are, you have a hope and a prayer that someone's going to see your content but with ads you are paying to tell instagram facebook google pinterest i want to be put in front of this person that matches this criteria so you're able to go a bit faster so I would try start with that engaging content or if you have a offer that's been validated maybe you've had 100 sales maybe you don't need to, you don't need to start engaging um with paid ads you can go straight for the sale so look for those key points that brought people to that piece of content you can find out the problems that people have by looking at the comments what were people saying when they read that comment oh you know thank you i had this problem and your your content helped thank you so much and i'd use those pain points that people have and use that as a hook to get people to click on that ad and then go to your offer and then purchase. Awesome. Love it. Okay, cool. So a lot going on there. Let me simplify this. So simplified version with paid advertising, we can jump the queue, 
right? Mm-hmm. You, you're on Facebook. You've got a Facebook group. That's, way, that's great. You can sit back and hope that people join organically. Now, a few of them will. Um, or you can put some dollars on there and guarantee that you're going to get in front of people there. Same on Google. Hey, you might write a blog and, and hope that someone um, you know, types it, types it in and, and the keywords come up and, and you rank high enough there. Or you can put a few dollars on, on Google Ads and guarantee that you're the, the first thing that comes up there if, if someone types it in there. So it's a good way to jump the queue. And there's essentially two ways we can look at it. We can have some sort of engaging content to get in front of people, or if our offer is validated enough, we can pretty much just get it out there. Be like, hey, is this you? Are you struggling with this? Do you want to do this? Hey, I've actually got this thing. Click here to learn more and, and go from there. So what I think we might do, this is the direction I think we go, Rose, if it's cool with you. Maybe we spend a couple minutes on each platform, you know, four yeah. or five minutes on, hey, why should we use Facebook ads and what are some good practices there? Google ads practices there, Pinterest ads practices there, and maybe a bit of compare and contrast, you know, hey, you can do this on this platform, but you can't do it on the others. And then after we've gone through those three, maybe we talk about how we can integrate them together to have a, a ecosystem that works well. Would that work yeah. with you? Let's do it. Yeah, I'm All ready. All right. Where are we starting? Facebook. Let's start Facebook because I think most people listening, watching this will be most comfortable on Facebook in general. May or may not have dabbled with some ads, but they'll at least know the plat- know the, the Facebook platform. So Facebook ads, what do we do? Where do we start there, Rose? Yeah. So Facebook ads, where I normally get people to start is one of two things. If you are an established business and you've already had traffic going to your website, I normally try to build custom audiences. Mm. So custom audiences are can be one of a few things. It could be... Um, the email email list of people that have signed up for a lead magnet or you know purchased a product um, in the past it can be website visitors so you can create a custom audience of people that have visited your website um in the 24 hours in a day in a week in a year you know whatever it could also be an audience of people that have engaged with your social media or engaged with you know some or all videos you can you can specify to facebook i want to target people that engage with the video that I posted last week or I want to target people who have engaged with all my videos and you can even get more granular and you can even tell Facebook I want to engage with people that have watched at least 25% at least 50% at least 75% at least 100% of my video now what is the benefit of that if you have somebody who has maybe joined your email list or visited your website or engaged with you, you know these people have some familiarity with your brand. Depending on the activity they have taken, some may have, um, you know, have that might know more about your brand than others. For example, somebody who has trusted you enough to give you their email address, they're probably going to be a warmer lead than somebody who has just engaged with your social media account and not taking the next step. So when you start with social, when you start with Facebook, I want to start building those custom audiences because these are the people that are probably going to be easier to sell to. Now, not only that, you can also go a step further and you can create lookalike audiences. So lookalike audiences are you telling Facebook, hey, Facebook, I uploaded a thousand people on my email list. Can you find me more people that share similarities to the people on my email list? And that is how course creators expand um, you know, the customer base, because, you know, these custom orders are limited to the people in that audience. So if you only got a thousand people that engaged with your Facebook page, you can only target those a thousand people. If you only had 5,000 people that engaged with your website, you can only target those 5,000 people. But when you create a lookalike audience, Facebook can find a million other people 
that are similar to those in your email list. Now that is how you increase the number of people you reach and you increase your number of customers. And this is when I recommend people start using Facebook ads. So those are the first things that I would recommend people do. Now, if you don't have a list, maybe you don't have a website, so you can't build a custom audience, you've just started your Facebook page, you may be thinking, okay, so how the hell can I run Facebook ads to reach the people that are more than likely to purchase my product? Now, Facebook, I've got one of the best targeting options out there. Um, compared to other platforms, you can target people that are more interest, interested in things that you think um, your audience are, are, who are going to buy your product, product are interested in. So for example, maybe I have a business and I want to target parents. So I can target people that are interested in certain baby magazines. I can target people that are interested in certain brands. So if you if you are familiar, familiar with Audience Insights, Audience Insights is a place where um, you can target people that are interested in certain brands, mother care, you know, modern baby magazines, etc. And you might even get some smaller or some smaller businesses that have a big enough reach that you can target on, on Facebook. You can also target that audience as well. So you can say, okay, you know, my audience are probably going to be interested in some of these things. So I'm going to target people that are shown an interest in these things and I'm going to get my message out to them. So th those are the two ways that I would use um, Facebook. Use your, your existing three ways. Use your existing customer audiences. Ask Facebook to show you more people that are interested, that are like your existing audience, or choose interests that you think that your audience are probably going to be interested in, and then target them with your message. Let's take a quick break. If you want tips and strategies on how to start, grow, and monetize your business online, check out the Digital Revolution podcast with Eli Adams. We interview digital experts from around the world that share their personal stories. They talk about what they're currently working on and where they see the future going. But most importantly, they share tactics in their specific area of expertise with the hope of helping you improve your digital presence online. You can listen to the Digital Revolution podcast on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, iHeartRadio, or simply click on the link in the show notes below. Love it. Awesome. Okay. So a lot going on there. So I'll simplify again. So what Rose is saying there, the easiest way to start with Facebook ads is to retarget your current people. Now, a few different ways you can do that. One was the email list. And that's quite a good one because there's only so many emails you can send someone a day, right? Before they unsubscribe. Um, but you can have, you can show those people on your email list that are your hottest people, show them the Facebook ad all day, every day for a few dollars, and they're going to be more likely to sign up. Maybe they, the email went to their junk or maybe they didn't check their email today. So another, another way there. Uh, I like the website visitors because there's a few different things going on there. It doesn't even have to be your main website, right? You can have any of your landing pages, anything like that. So if you've got a freebie, you know, that you're throwing around different places on Facebook and Instagram and social media, maybe someone hit that page, but didn't enter in their email, right? You can retarget that person there, you know, or maybe they, um, you know, they, they entered their email and they, they got the freebie, but they didn't get the upsell. You know, we can retarget that person there, right? Uh, and the videos, you know, if you've got maybe a Facebook group, you might share some of your, your videos from your pages in the group. Some people might watch that. You can retarget that way there. So really, really good way to start off. And then if someone's thinking, okay, but I've already got these people. I want to get in front of new people. You know, how do I do that? Hey, create a lookalike list. You've already got your, you know, thousand best people or 500 best people, whatever it may be, can create a lookalike list of people that look like that. Uh, if you don't have that, okay, cool. You know, go on Facebook. There's 
thousands of ways you can target people, right? What job do they have? What pages do they like? What's their, what school did they go to? You know, and really, if you've done a good job of your um, research, you know, when you're, you're researching your product and who your target person is, you should probably know what jobs do they have? What pages do they like? You know, where did they get educated? So, you know, there's, there's options there. So love that. Okay. Let's move on to Google. I'd probably say that's the the next um, thing that most people watching this, listening to this, will be comfortable with. What what do we do on Google? Yeah. So as everybody here, I'm assuming knows, Google is a search engine. Now, Google itself has a big umbrella of products. You have display ads. You know, you know when you go on the blogs and they're like, oh my gosh, there's so many ads. Those are your display ads. <laughs> then you've got the main search engine. And then obviously you've got YouTube ads under the Google umbrella. But I want to focus more on Google ads. That's where I do more search ads and I do YouTube or display ads. And so the, this is where it's the number one search engine, right? So whenever anyone has a problem, this is where they go. So I feel that with Google ads, it's more a case of what are your audience searching for and less of who are they? Mm, yes. So for example, if, you know, somebody wants to make money online um you know what are they going to search you know to figure out how to make more money online so this is more about understanding user intent you know are they are they looking for solution are they looking for ideas and what language are they using to find what they want so this is where it's important to really do that customer research before you start doing any paid advertising no matter what platform you're using i recommend i urge you to spend a lot of time just figuring out not more than demographics. Demographics are great, but start on some of the user behavior. Where are they going? What are they saying? What are they doing? What are they feeling? Because that's that's what's going to lead their search. So um, you know, somebody may, you know, somebody who was trying to make money online, maybe their main thing is I need to get out of debt. So they might be searching fastest way to get out of debt. They may not be searching money online. They just want the ideas of how can I get out of this debt? Or, you know, it could be um it could be good. I'll make money online for Christmas, make money on, you know, make what you know, save money for my wedding, you know, just figure out where they are in their life cycle. Then once you figure out those keywords, those are the keywords that you are going to use um, to show up in Google. One thing that I like to do is I like to use a Google keyword planner. When you use a Google keyword planner, it tells you the volume for some of those search terms. And then when you type in a search, so let's say, say they will say to you, enter a website that has a keywords that, you know, has keywords or, you know, has a content that you're trying to um, show or enter some example keyword ideas. When you enter that, then Google will give you more ideas. Like, oh, based on the keyword you've entered, people are also searching for this, 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 this. Then it will tell you the volume of those keywords. So you can see, you know, what, what terms are more people searching for and what terms are not many people searching for. And when you look at that, when you look at that information, it might actually open your eyes because what you thought was a good idea might actually be a terrible idea. Now, in terms of what keywords should you use when you look at this report, I generally go for, sometimes I go for high search terms, but the high search terms can be super expensive. So I go for maybe the ones that have got a little bit lower search term and a little bit longer. So in the the example that I gave, make money online, um, it's a very broad search term. But maybe someone may search, make money, um, make more money for Christmas, make more, make more money for holidays. I'll be trying to go for those more specific terms. Now, in terms of the content that you want to put in front of people that use these keywords, it can be 
various things uh, you don't have to send people to a sales page you can send people to a blog post with a call to action to buy you can send people to a product page um and you can also send people to a page where you're just requesting um an opt-in as well so you can test both understand you need to understand whether the search term that you want to use is um shows uh, action intent so it means this person wants to take action now it may show an education intent. So maybe this person is trying to figure out more information before, you know, they make that plunge. So if someone's looking for information, the one thing that I'll be trying to do is, you know, is you know, think to yourself, okay, once I've given this person information, how can I then make, turn them into a lead so I can sell to them off this page? So, you know, maybe add a call to action at the end of that blog post. You know, you want to get, you know, the main thing you want to do is no matter what platform you use, you want to turn this traffic from traffic you don't own to traffic that you own. So if you're not sending people to a product page, I encourage you to see how you could turn this person into a lead. But it has to make sense. So if you want to, you know, if someone's reading the Make Money Online blog, maybe you, maybe you put at the end of that blog post, okay, for 10 of my, you know, my greatest strategies for making money online enter email address here and I'll send it over to you. You know, whatever you think is relevant. So yes, yeah, so I think, Google searches more for intent, understanding your user intent, and then providing them the content that they need, depending where they are in that journey. Yes, love that. Agree 100%. So I do a lot of both, right? A lot of Facebook ads, a lot of Google ads, and both work really well, but both very, very different, right? And I, I use a tool, Keywords Everywhere. Are you familiar with that, Rose? Is that I am. The, is that the same as, is that, does Google Keyword Planner do the same thing or are they slightly different? Um, so I like to use both because sometimes I see things in um, keywords yeah. everywhere that I don't necessarily see in um, Google. So the thing I like about Google um, keywords everywhere is it will tell you keywords that are similar and yeah. what people are also searching for. Yeah. So it gives you different angles to try and target those people. So yeah, I definitely like to use both. Okay, gotcha. And yeah, so important knowing the keywords and also with these tools like it's not even, how can I put it? You should not only know, like you should know the terms and the volume. And I've been guilty of this before, right? I paid a, an SEO agency $1,000 a month, right? To do my SEO. And they were like, hey, you know, send us over your, your 10 keywords that you want to rank for. And I was like, oh yeah, you know, this is what I think my people will be searching for, you know, go and do this here. And then probably about three or four years later, you know, of, of paying these people $1,000 a month. So paying them, you know, $12,000 a year, two or three years later, I, I got smart enough to listen to people like you and, you know, realize there's tools to do this thing. And of those 10 words, three of those words were getting zero traffic, zero searches per month, you know, and that's, that's my fault. You know, if I just done some research beforehand, I didn't like, I just assumed people would search how to do an online bootcamp. I didn't know they don't, right? But once I did my my term, my, my um, planning, and I was like, all right, cool. Here are the words that are getting the most traffic. Here's what I'm targeting. And even though I'm using that in an SEO space, same thing with Google ads. It's like, great, you can put all the keywords you want there. If no one's searching it, it's not going to come up. And actually, that's another point I like about Google ads too, is you only get charged when you click. So obviously, yes, you want to pick, uh, find words that people are, are going to click. But also another advantage of Google ads, it's almost like nothing to lose. You know, mm -hmm. it's like, hey, I'll put something on there. If, 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 I, if I back myself and my blog or my sales page or my product page, whatever it may be, if someone clicks there, great. I back myself to make that sale. If they don't click there, eh, I haven't lost anything. So I, yeah. I love that there. I think if you're doing organic 
um, you know, if you're doing SEO for yourself, a great place to start is um, checking your Google um, Webmaster Tools and seeing what it tells you about the keywords that are bringing people to your website. Mm-hmm. If you have organic keywords there that are bringing in, you know, a huge amount of traffic, those are probably going to be a good keyword to start with as well. Um, and, you know, like you said, don't assume that these are keywords that people are going to be searching for. Use the data that you have to help you understand what people are searching for. So, yeah, yeah. Assumptions can really screw you over. And I've been guilty of that, um, which, which, which is why it's so important to do that customer research in the beginning um, before you start any type of paid ads. And it's also beneficial for organic strategies as well. Mm. Oh, bang on. Yeah, I agree 100%. Uh, all right, cool. Pinterest. Never done a Pinterest ad before. I'm very, I've been doing five, at least five years advertising Facebook on Google. Didn't even know what Pinterest was until a week or two ago. I've just started doing some organic stuff there. So I have no idea. What can you tell us about Pinterest ads there, Rose? Yeah, so Pinterest can be a really exciting platform. Um, for people that have come over from places like Google and Instagram and Facebook, it can be very frustrating because it just doesn't move as fast as a lot of those platforms. So the one thing that I'd say makes Pinterest different to all the other platforms is Pinterest is a very positive platform. You won't find many political posts on there. Mm. You know, you won't find many of, you know, of you know, the negative news on there. It's all positive. People are on there to look for ideas, to make their life better, to dream, you know, to plan. That's literally what it's there for. And when you are running campaigns on Pinterest, it's, it's a, again, this is a platform that is not for laser marketers. You have to know your audience to be on Pinterest because when you're running those campaigns, you need to run campaigns based on how people are feeling and what they're looking for at that time. So for example, I'm going to go back to the Make Money Online example. The reason why is because this, this is a, um, a lot of my clients that are coming to me now are in the Make Money Online niche and they're trying to tap into Pinterest. You can't simply say how to make money online. You know, it's how to, you know, how to make money whilst looking after children at home. You know, follow the step-by-step plan to, to quit your job in six months. You know, how this dad is, you know, making money while staying at home with his children. You know, you know those kind of things. Because there's a lot of moms on Pinterest. 80% of US moms are using Pinterest. And they're normally, they're just looking for ways to make their life better, whether it's better cooking recipes, better fashion style, better beauty style, you know, more money, you know, make money blogging. You know, they're looking for things to feel, it's a feel good platform. So when people use that platform, they're on there because they're looking for something specifically. You log onto the platform, you have a feed, the feed is based on your previous activity, or you have a search bar, you type what you want, you see, you see, you see the results, and then, you know, you it takes you to the website for the thing that you've clicked on. Now, the way Pinterest works is similar to Google in the, in the sense that it is a search engine, but it's a visual search engine. So when you type in a keyword, it shows you visual results. And as he- any human does, you normally click on the result that, well, well this is a part that's different to Google. Google, you normally trust the, the results on page one, right? Or you trust mm. that as. With yeah. Pinterest, you're probably going to click on the image that's caught your attention the most. Yeah. So that's that's where it's different. So there's a there's a very good image game on that platform. If your images don't, if you if you can't put people in with your with your headline and you can't create attractive images that resonate with your audience, you're really going to struggle on the platform. So yeah, so Pinterest is you know they search for the one, they look at the image that gauges their attention the most, they click on the image, they get taken to your product page, your blog post, or your lead magnet. So um, yes, it's more about what are people feeling? What do they want? And like I said, it's a very slow platform. So you really need to understand your audience, especially if you're going to be doing ads on the platform. So for example, if you're an interior designer 
who's you know you're maybe you're trying to run promote, um Pinterest ads because you want to fill your diary of appointments. You may know that somebody may start looking for ideas for to decorate the new home a few months up you know a few months before they buy the home or move into the new home. So you know that that person may not necessarily be ready to buy straight away. Therefore, if you're spending money on ads, it could take you a few months to see a conversion. So you need to bear that in mind. How long do I need to spend money for before I see a conversion? You know, so that's one thing to take um, take um, take um, into consideration. And sometimes it doesn't. You can't optimize the way you do on other platforms. Google, you can optimize. You know, every day if you're spending enough. Same as Facebook, you can't do that in Pinterest. It takes seven to ten days for pin, the algorithm to work and for it to settle to figure out. You know, what's working well, and what's working not. So if you have a brand that's very visual, interior designers. Um, beauty brands, skincare brands, DIY craft brands, fitness brands, food brands, you 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 do exceptionally well on Pinterest. Um, not to say that the make money online cannot, you can, but normally those ones that find it easy to create images, they do really well because those are the popular brands on Pinterest. Even Garden and Sorry is one of the popular brands on Pinterest. But all the others can as long as your visual game is on point. And another thing is you can also use video on Pinterest as well. Oh, okay. There you go. And Rose, am I right in saying you've got a free guide if somebody wants to start off doing Pinterest ads? You've got a free guide that, that we can download? Yeah. So I've got a free guide on my website that kind of breaks down how Pinterest works, how you set up the campaigns and how you can target people on, on Pinterest as well. And you can download that at pinwithrose.com forward slash ads. Awesome. Pinwithrose forward slash ads. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And if you're watching on Facebook, even just comment Rose down below and me or Rose will, will get you over that link there. So, all right, cool. That's painted a pretty good picture of all the advantages and um, how we use each one of those platforms. Working them together. Is there any strategy there, Rose, or do we just, you know, use each one individually and, and optimize it individually? Yeah. So I can tell you how I generally use it for clients who do all with me. Um, we like to use Pinterest to fill the funnel because like I mentioned a few minutes ago with Pinterest, not everybody will necessarily be ready to buy straight away, but we know that Pinterest is a good place that people are searching for content. So we want to run ads to, you know, to kind of introduce our brand to people. Same with Google, you know, we use Google for the Google intent, people that are looking for comparison, you know, for articles, we use ads there to try and get people um, into, um, into the landing page of the website. Now, the reason why we like to use those two for the fun is because nobody's spending time on Google. You go to Google, you search what you want, you get off, you're done. Same as Pinterest a lot of the time. You won't really find people browsing for hours, again, unless they're trying to fill the boards of inspirational ideas. Once they've done that, you're off, you're done. But Facebook, you're on there socializing with friends, socializing with family, wasting time. We all know we procrastinated until all of us have to hide our feeds and take it off our mobile phones. But people tend to spend a lot of time on Facebook. So what we do, we use Google and Pinterest to fill the funnel, and then we use Facebook to retarget. But we do also use the other platforms to retarget, especially with Google, which I'm sure some of you do not know. You can actually target people with search ads. So if you have a list of people that have bought from you before and they're on Google searching for something else, you can actually do a search ad. Hey, you know, you bought this from us. How about, you know, we do this too. And then you can, they can click on the ad and then you can then go and target them again. So that's another way that we use Google ads that not many people are doing because they didn't know you can retarget the search ads but it only works with an existing customer audience. You can't just target people that have visited your website. So yeah, then we target them on Facebook. Now, the cool thing about Facebook that a lot of you may not know is if you know about UTM codes, and if you don't, I'm happy to do a little two minute session on that. 
you can actually tell Facebook, hey, um, if anybody visits the URL with the UTM source Pinterest, target them with this ad. Or if anyone visits my website with the, with the um, source of Google in the URL, target them with this ad. And then by doing that, you can actually measure the return on ad spend, you know, by retargeting those specific platforms. Gotcha. So I have a client. We're doing Pinterest ads for him at the moment. Now, it's Pinterest ads um, for one of the campaigns has a negative return on ad spend at 0.7. But what he has on Facebook is he has a retargeting ad um, to target only people that come from Pinterest, no other platform, but the return on ad spend on that is two. Mm. Now, this is why it's really important to understand how to fill your funnel as well, because if we take away, if we took off Pinterest because he said, look, it's a negative return on ad spend, I don't want nothing to do with it. He won't get that double return on ad spend on Facebook because Pinterest is no longer filling the funnel, meaning he's going to lose ads, lose money on that retargeting ad campaign on Facebook. So if you knew that you were spending $1,000 on Pinterest, but then you're spending $500 on Facebook, so it's $1,500 in total, but then because of those retargeting that, that campaign, you're now getting, let's say you're getting $5,000 back. You've made three and a half thousand dollars gross revenue from doing that campaign, even though Pinterest is um, got a negative return on ad spend. Now, if he had decided, you know, what, take Pinterest off, negative return on ad spend, but we're going to keep those targeting ads on for all the organic traffic that's coming. But then he made a loss of half his money. Mm. Right. Would it make sense? Wouldn't it make sense to keep that that campaign running? Because overall, you're making a positive return on ad spend. So this is why it's important to understand how each part um each each platform plays in your marketing funnel. Now, for those that are thinking this is too much, how on earth am I going to keep track of all of this? There's things called attribution tools. So attribution tools help you understand how each social media, each platform plays a part in the customer journey. So it may say, hey, you know, Pinterest is responsible for bringing in $10,000 into your business because people engage with you on Pinterest first. So if you take that off, you're going to lose money. Or it may say to you, okay, all those people that come from Pinterest are bringing you a lower return on ad spend. So maybe you're better off using your um, your um, time elsewhere. Because what a lot of people do is they spend money on all these platforms. This way it gets tricky when you, you're using multiple platforms. You're spending money on all these platforms. You're like, hey, Google shows a positive return on ad spend. I'm going to keep that on. But what you're not realizing is the work that's happening behind the scenes before they get to Google, before they get to Pinterest, before they get to Facebook. So when you get to that part of your business where you're using all these platforms, start using an attribution tool. If you can't invest in one, start with the Facebook attribution tool. Facebook actually have an attribution tool where you can, you can enter some scripts and then it can show you how each platform is contributing to the overall end goal. So figure out what people are doing from each platform. So we know Facebook, my audience, a lot of them, they're just there for information. So we have to target them on Facebook to make the purchase. And then from Google, you might find, okay, I'm getting some people that are looking for information, but I'm also getting some people that want to make a purchase. So I'm going to have both, you know, um, purchase ads on Google, and I'm also going to have both educational ads on Google. So, you know, figure all those things out, and then you can make a decision as to whether you want to scale engagement ads on one platform or you want to scale paid ads on another platform. So there's no cookie cutter rule. There's none. For, for some of my clients, we can run paid ads straight on Pinterest, which is fine. And it's what I recommend doing anyway. There's lots of tricks that we can do on Pinterest. But look at the numbers, figure out how each each part is contributing, and then make a decision as to how you're going to scale. Okay. Sorry, I'm hoping that made sense. <laughs> no, no, well, uh, you know what? Um, 
even I'm a little bit lost here. I get a rough idea, but I think it's a good um, overview for people watching. I've just got one selfish question uh, for my own marketing here. I'm not, I don't actually know what an attribution tool is. It sounds like it's, it, what is it, a plugin? Is it software? What's an attribution tool? Yes, yeah, so that's a software that helps you understand how people are converting in, in um, how, how, it's a tool that helps you understand your customer journey. That's the best thing. Okay. So it helps you understand how each social media platform must contribute to the overall sale. So they are different attribution models. So if you do Facebook ads, you might be familiar with the, with the term last click attribution when you go into Facebook ads. What that means is when somebody clicks, if, if the last thing that somebody did before the purchase product was click on a Facebook ad, Facebook are going to attribute that sale to their ad. They're going to say, because they clicked on this ad, we are responsible for that person making mm. the purchase. And that is how they report on um, the sales. Now, if you used a first click attribution model, what this means is you are attributing the first touch point that people have with your brand as mm. being responsible for the sale. So let's go back to Pinterest. If somebody... Um, you know, first made contact with your brand by using Pinterest, but then they went to Facebook and they saw your ad, and then they went to Instagram and they bought. Instagram would not be held responsible for that sale. Pinterest would be made responsible for that sale. Then you have something called like a linear attribution model. So this means that every touch point that the person had with your with your brand would be responsible for that sale. So if somebody went to Pinterest first, then they went to Instagram, then they went to Facebook, then each social media platform would be given equal um, responsibility for that. So, so you'd say that each channel had a 30. Okay, you've just cut out Model. there. Oh, that's right. You, you just cut out there for a sec. But so question, what, what attribution tool should we download or should I download selfishly? Or I'd, say best, I'd say the best one to um, look at is Wicked Reports. Um, if Wicked Reports you say is out of budget, definitely look at the Facebook attribution tool. So there, if you go into your business manager and then you have the certificate audiences, etc., look for attribution. If you've never set it up, you'll need to set it up for the first time. And it will only give you data from the day from, from 24 hours from the day you set it up. Now, when you turn on the attribution tool, you will then see Facebook tell you, hey, um, you know, you had this amount of people that came from Google and it was responsible for this many sales. So start with that if you know you're um, conscious about the budget. But generally speaking, you might find that by having an attribution tool, especially for multiple platforms, you will save money because you'd be, be able to easily identify all the campaigns that you think that are making you money, but are actually losing you money. Then you'd be able to scale the campaigns that are actually making you money, but you didn't realize were making you that much money. So it's really important to understand the customer journey, how every single platform is playing a part in your, you know, into your funnel. Because like I mentioned before, you might find that one platform is not bringing in your traffic. But when you look at the attribution tool, you might be like, hold on a minute, that's actually responsible for bringing more purchases than I thought. Like I hear some people saying that they have a lot of their best customers come from their podcasts. Now, in order to find out that information, you're using tools, maybe not using an attribution tool, but you're probably using tools to track the people that come from your podcast for you to be able to make that conclusion that podcast the podcast is bringing you the you know better clients 
So, it, you know, it's things like that, because you might be thinking, I've spent thousands of dollars creating this podcast, but it's not bringing me any money. How are you going to track that? And that's where, you know, that's where just normal tracking tools will help you figure out that information. And even if you're only using one social media platform, you should be tracking which campaigns are responsible for bringing you the most sales, which posts are responsible for bringing you the most sales. So, you know, the same was apply for organic and um, paid. And UTM tools is maybe the best way to start by tracking things. So when you use the UTM tools, you can then see the posts that may have led to leads, the posts that may have led to sales, etc. Because those vanity metrics that people generally tend to look at do absolutely nothing for you. Like they say, you can't post, you can't, you can't deposit likes to your bank account. So. <laughs> Yes, love it. All right. Look at the data that matters. <laughs> yes, agree. So a couple of things there. I've just, as you were talking, I just went on my ads manager and I don't think I've got it set up. So I'm going to set it up now once I get off this podcast here. Uh, Wicked Reports, what's the price price range on that? Do you know? So, yeah, they do have a setup fee. It's $1,000 for them to set it up, to help you set it up. And then it's $400 a month. Okay. So this okay. is why it's generally more for people that either um they normally say that's for people that have lower end products because lower end products have a shorter customer journey Mm -hmm. when you have a product with a higher price point i guess it depends because you know courses when you have you you have the course launch you have lots of sales in that time but if you know that maybe it takes you three months to acquire a customer and your your um, acquisition rate is low then maybe it's not best for you but if you have a product that you're selling tons of then definitely um, I'd look at investing in Wicked Reports, especially if you have a high ad spend. That $400 a month could actually save you thousands of dollars a month. Yes, good point. Awesome. All right. Well, Rose, I want to be sensitive of, of your time. So there's just a, a few questions I like to always finish off with. First yeah. one, since this is a, a platform for online courses. Now, I'm not sure if you've got an online course or not. If you do, what platform do you use? Or if you don't, what's your best way of getting your content out there to uh, your clients? Yeah, so I do have a course. <laughs> it's um about getting started with Pinterest. I have another one um coming out soon about Pinterest ads. But if you if you've never touched Pinterest and you want a step by step guide on how to get started, you can go to rosiedoesdigital.com forward slash plan pin profit, all one word. So that's rosiedoesdigital.com forward slash plan pin profit. Awesome. I'll get these links off you and, and put them in the show notes as well. Uh, and, and what platform do you use to host your course, Rose? Oh, I use WordPress. I'm a geek. I love the whole maintenance thing. So I'm using WordPress with MemberPress as um, my membership plugin. And they've also just introduced a course um, plugin within MemberPress. So it's an all-in-one for me. Awesome. Cool. All right. Well, hey, Rose, that's pretty much uh, all I wanted to, to get through today. Is there anything I should have asked you but didn't? Or is there anything you want to finish this off with? Um, the only thing that I would say is, um, you know, there's a lot of, especially in my circles, a lot of people that are saying, hey, Facebook have closed my business manager. I don't understand why. I would say if you are not already, start thinking about introducing another platform for diversifying your traffic sources because you don't want to be in a place in your business where everything is going so well, you thought nothing could go wrong, um, Facebook shut down your account, and in a split second, you've lost all your revenue. So I just, before I jumped into this podcast, I just saw someone else who's um, launched made zero sales because Facebook shut down their account just as they launched, you know, they'd had all, you know, you know, spent all that money to, to prepare to launch. So think about another platform, whether that's Google, whether that's Pinterest, 
um start small if you don't want to put all your eggs you know you don't put eggs in um, one basket if you don't want to just put all the effort in or get a VA or someone to help you learn that additional platform but please guys in 2020 if it's taught you anything yeah do not put all your eggs in one basket diversify and make sure you're trying to make as much of that traffic your own by getting as many people as you can on your email list because if that person had an email list or maybe they were going to do that if the um, business manager got shut down, they could still promote to everybody on their email list. Yes. Love both of those there. I've, I've experienced all of them in, in my life before. I've had pages blocked and personal profiles blocked and Instagram blocked. Um, but because I've always diversified, I, I, it hasn't been too much of a struggle. You know, when my Instagram, you know, they banned me for, for something, you know, okay, great. I got Facebook, you know, okay, great. They banned my Facebook for something. All right, cool. I got my email list, you know, there's always, um, yeah, it just makes it a, you can sleep a lot better knowing that it's not just on, on one thing. So I think it's a good point there. Well, Hey Rose, thanks very much for your time and I'll leave you to it. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please share it with your friends. And don't forget to leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Check out the show notes for more free resources on how to sell more of your online courses.